0: Been, I mean, for 49 years, for 49 years, we have been praying faithfully. Uh, that I'm not 49 years old, but oh, the church in general has been praying that God would overturn Roe v. Wade. And Friday, Roe v. Wade is overturned, and Missouri has outlawed abortions. We're the first state in the union. That is a reason for us to worship today. And thank our Lord and be joyful in the Lord. And and I'll tell you, that's been a mission. It's going to continue to be a mission of this church to support expectant mothers, uh, to support this fight as it's now went to the states. Listen, we can't control what happens in New York or California, but we absolutely have a voice for what happens in Missouri. And I'm proud that Missouri is the first state in the union, was the first state in the union to outlaw abortion. And we should be excited and thankful and joyous today. Over that church, we absolutely should. It's a fight I know that we have been fighting and and investing in and praying about, and so I'm excited. Uh, God's blessing has been poured out on us, and we should thank Him for that and and be thankful for that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning, and then we'll have our welcoming time. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God. Uh, We are worshiping you today uh, for who you are, and you have answered our prayer, uh, Lord. And and, and the fight still continues uh, across our country, but in Missouri, it's decided, and I, and Lord, I'm thankful today. We're excited as a church to be able to uh, announce that, and and that it's been a long 49 years. And Lord, uh, we repent, we repent for allowing the atrocity that was happening for 49 years. But Lord, I'm thankful that, that Lord, you've answered our prayer, and we thank you for that, and we worship you. Uh, So be with us today as we worship you, and we talk about how we as the church can now start having conversations with people and answering questions about this issue, this important thing uh, that has happened, and and in all things, Lord, we're pointing people to you because only through you can we have forgiveness and peace and mercy because of what you did for us on the cross. So be with us today as we worship you in song and giving and and of reading of your word, Lord. In all things, God, we love you and we thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. Take a couple of minutes this morning to welcome everyone. Ladies, All right, you may be seated this morning. Um, so we got a couple of announcements here. Let me read this card. This is from uh, Dave and Valerie. It says, Crossbridge family, thank you so much for all your thoughts and prayers for our family and the loss of David's grandmother. It means more than you will know to have a church family that loves and supports us. Thank you for the beautiful plan. It will be a beautiful reminder of her and your outpouring of love for us in Christ, the Matthews family. So uh, that was from them, from the church, uh, for the church family, for you all. Uh, So we have, uh, there's a women's, uh, Women of Joy uh, trip that is coming up. I've announced this several times. It's going to be September 30th through October 2nd. The early bird tickets are $99. So ladies, if you have not had a chance to sign up for this, uh, let's send this around one more time uh, throughout the congregation if we could on that. Women's breakfast this week is Tuesday morning uh, at 830 Tuesday morning at 8.30 at Mom's Cafe, ladies, if you would like to meet uh, for breakfast. Today is the last day to sign up on that ride. Right? So, ladies, last day of signing up for that trip uh, also. So, big week this week. VBS uh, starts tomorrow night. If you have uh, someone you would like to invite kids, what are the ages? Nursery through what? Sixth grade? Okay. Like nursery through sixth grade Every night here at 6 o'clock at the church, we'll have dinner. VBS will end at 8.30. You can register them online, or you can register them tomorrow night uh, when you get here. You may want to try to do it online just to speed up the process, but invite kids in the area. It's a great week. Also, if you have questions for me this week about baptism, about joining the church, whatever you have a need about, I will be here every night, Monday through Thursday, that I can meet with you. So come and see me, and I can put a time down if, if you have questions for me. Maybe I have some question about doctrine, or I don't know, just anything that you think, man, I'd love to talk to the preacher about this, come and see me, okay? Um, and we can set up a time this week, because I'll be here uh, all night. After uh, all week, all, uh, after church today, up front, if you're a volunteer, if you've signed up to teach or help with VBS, we're going to have a short meeting right after church, uh, right up here uh, at the front. Tonight, we have men's uh, discipleship at 430. No class at 6, just discipleship today at 430. They're also going to be starting a new class after the 4th of July on the whole armor of God. So, fellas, if you'd like to come on Sunday evenings, they have dinner, uh, and it's, it, and, Max, and uh, Max Hartman and Denny Chisholm teach that class, so it's at 6 o'clock uh, every Sunday night. Normal Wednesday night service, there's not going to be normal Wednesday night service this week because we have VBS. So we will have a meal at 6 o'clock, but other than that, like youth classes and all that, I know the youth are going to be helping with VBS. We will not have adult class up here because we'll all be having VBS and helping with VBS. July 4th, the 4th of July, uh, we always set up a a booth. The booth this year for the church is spots 40 and 41. It is going to be on the northwest corner of the square, so the northwest corner of the square—that's where our church booth is going to be at. If you would like to help with that, please be here at the church at 8 a.m. on the Fourth of July uh, to set that up. And we'll hand out flyers and the whole nine yards. We'll watch the parade. We'll eat some lunch together. It's a good day uh, of outreach at the Fourth of July. So please be here that morning at 8 a.m. Anything else? I think I've got pretty. Much, I think that was pretty much everything on outreaches and. What not. Thank you to Sean and all the guys at the house for doing the kids' fishing tournament yesterday. They had a really good turnout. Jody and Bridget cooked lunch. I appreciate them uh, doing that. And the kids' fishing tournament went really, really good. We had testimonies there yesterday. It was a really, really good day. So thank you guys for that. I really appreciate you guys and all your hard work. Anything else this morning that I forgot on announcements? Once, twice, okay. If you would stand this morning, let's uh, have our time of worship, and we're going to start that with giving this morning with our taking up our morning offering. So let's bless the morning offering, and then we'll have a couple of worship songs today. Lord Jesus, I thank you, uh, Lord, again just for the opportunity to be here today, uh, Lord, and to worship you. And part of our worship, God, is giving back to you. And Lord, I'm thankful, uh, Lord, this morning that that we are here. Uh, you you have us placed right where you are in Southwest Missouri, uh, Lord. You provide jobs for us, and we have it so much better here than many parts of even our own country in the world. And so, Lord, at this time, we give back to you. We give you our best. Lord, use it to to further your kingdom, to fund missionaries, to fund the local church. And God, we love you. And in all things, it's it's an honor to serve you, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. Specials today? No, nope. no. Nope. Okay. When I was a kid, when I was their age, when I was their age, sitting in our old Baptist church with about 30 of us, they would say, open your hymn books and we would sing power in the blood. That's an old Baptist hymn and I love it. Uh, I love it. Okay. Kids can go downstairs to Children's Church. Uh, the, if you would, please remain standing. Let's honor God's word together. Um, Psalms, Psalm 100. Psalm 100, whole chapter, 1 through 5, Psalm 100. So here's the deal. I had worked on a sermon out of 1 John uh, all week, and it was about seven pages of notes, and I'd studied it, and I'd emailed it to the the, uh, media team. And last night, I came and preached Freeway, and I just had this overwhelming feeling like, Jeff, something amazing has happened that we've been praying for, and you're not going to talk about that? Are you kidding me? And so I'm like, I went home last night, and I worked on another message. And so that's what you're getting today. That's why there's no notes up there. Uh, It's Psalm 100, verses 1 through 5. Psalm 100, 1 through 5. It says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us. And we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And His faithfulness to all generations. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, I thank You, uh, Lord, this morning again. We worship You. I'm joyful today. I was joyful last night and I'm joyful this morning, Lord. And uh, all of that is directed towards You for who You are and what you do for us and what you've done and you are continuing to do. Uh, Lord, I pray for your church. I pray, Lord, that we are joyous and thankful today. And out of that thankfulness for who you are, it comes a desire of ours to share the truth of who you are with the world. And we be a church that is not focused in here, but focused outside of these walls, Lord, to our community. And in all things, God, we worship you and we love you. In your name I pray. Amen. I want to say, uh, you may be seated, Um, this has been a week, church, that I don't think we're ever going to forget. I think uh, this week will be a week that we talk about for many, many uh, generations, and it is a time that we have prayed for, it's a day that we've prayed for, we've fasted, we have uh, funded uh, organizations uh, in this Fight uh, that we've been against, uh, and then this answered prayer was this week that God gave us victory this week. That this was this decision was taken of Roe v. Wade. It was January twenty second, nineteen seventy three, to June twenty fourth, twenty twenty two, which took it back to the states, and it put the authority. That's right. You can be happy about it this morning. And be thankful. Where Friday, Missouri, as I said, became the first state uh, to end abortion. So I'm thankful this morning. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for a lot of reasons. I've never done this before, but I'm going to this morning. I'm hoping nobody hijacks it for 20 minutes, but I want to give you an opportunity this morning. If you are thankful for something, I would ask that you stand this morning and tell the church what you're thankful for. Now, somebody better thank you. Thank you, Joanne. You go ahead. Thank you, Joanne. I'm thankful for my freedom and changed life and my family here. Thank you. Thank you. Amen.
1: Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Mike, you guys been through a lot in the last month, huh? Mike, about what a month ago, Mike was on his motorcycle and hit by a car here in town, and he went evil can evil several times, didn't you? And he's here this morning, aren't you? I'm proud of that. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, guys. Yes. Amen. Anybody else? Mike? Oh, we got some news on Mike. Uh, hold on, Mike. Stand up, Barb. They're getting married. Go ahead. You guys stand up. Come on. You guys don't know, but we got another wedding to do, don't we, Mike? All right, go ahead. I'm sorry to steal your thunder, Mike. Go ahead. I, I told Barb, Barb's, Barb's a lot like my wife, Selena. They're quiet and reserved. And I told her, I said, as pastoral staff in the church, you've got to sit in the first two rows. We're still working on that, aren't we, guys? All right, Leah. amen amen anybody else yes sir this is gary he's he's our future retiree gary Don has been a public servant here in this church for and uh, in, in this community for a long long time as your recorder of deeds and uh he's a good guy i like going and meeting him for breakfast and he's about ready to retire so what you got gary well
1: Were recorded in the United States at that time, they didn't have it. You're
0: still my sermon, Gary. Know
1: what I'm saying. Right, as a public official, I've stood for you for twelve years under God's principles. That's how I operate my office. Mm-hmm. The people operate my office know what I am, they trust me, I trust them. When auditors come into my office, this is how I operate. I'm not blowing my whistle, I'm just saying this is what good Christian people ought to be. This is why we've got the problems we've got in our country. We don't have Me and the Lord knows we don't owe nobody a nickel. You print that, and I'll sue you, because you're lying. And I said, it's bad enough for us public officials to stand up here and toll line and do our job without somebody coming here and saying, oh, you guys, you know, just kind of half to it. No, our office did not do it. We did it to the People, Preachers, come to my I have Preachers come
0: to my buy you breakfast too, don't
1: yeah. they? <laughs> Once in a while. But anyway. <laughs> Thanks, buddy, for what he did for me, placing me in that office, I enjoyed that job. I enjoy it. I hate to retire, but the, the day comes for everything. But this morning, what I want to tell each one of you is, God created you for a purpose. You're all special. He loves you. I love every one of you. Do not let the devil get on top of you and stomp you in the ground and tell you you can't succeed because you've already succeeded. Amen. You've got Jesus in your heart.
0: Thank you, buddy. There's your sermon for today. Y'all have a great day. <laughs> Thanks, Gary. We need more guys like that in office. Amen. We just do. All right. Here, here we go. Let's get going. Um, here's the here's the verse I want to start with. It's Amos five uh, after the Thanksgiving. Uh, Verse uh, Verses in Psalms 100 Because we should be thankful church uh, Amos 5 14 through 15 says Seek good and not evil that you may live And so the Lord God of hosts will be with you As you have said Hate evil and love good And establish justice in the gate Alright so that being said We have established justice In the gate Where we can uh, what, what we're supposed to What God has placed us over Right um, Now That all being said, our job as elders is to equip the saints. You are absolutely going to have conversations about this this whole thing that's happened this week. If you're not, you need to be having conversations about it. Because I'm telling you, there's a lot of conversations to be had about this discussion. And I want to equip you this morning in how to have these conversations. Scripture teaches that we are supposed to equip the saints. That's in, uh, Ephesians 4, 11 through 12. So how do we respond? How do we respond with a biblical worldview in love to those who are angry and upset about Roe v. Wade? How do I answer questions biblically when people have them about this decision? We have a whole country of people who... Like Gary said, that a forsaken God dishonored God, and it absolutely shows in the way they treat human life. So how do I answer them biblically? Well, number one, here's the first thing, that we, God created us in His image. We are created in the image of God. Genesis 1, 24 through 27. Let's read it real quick. Genesis 1, 24 through 27. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and out of every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So there's a distinction here between man and beast, animals and humans. There's a there's a distinction there. There's also a distinction between God and his creation. There is a a, a very much a distinction. There are people in our country that will teach that God is in the flowers, or God is the trees, or God is the wind, or 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 any of those things. One of the things they call him is the New Age movement, right? That's just a revival of really uh, of old uh, paganism or pantheism is really what it is. Paul warns the Romans about that. It warns us in Romans chapter one about that exact same thing: not to worship. The creature, but rather the creator. So we, we, we can never, first thing we can do is never confuse or worship anything else besides the God of the Bible who created everything. We have to make sure we have that in order. We should enjoy and, and manage God's creation that he's given us. But we must worship him and exalt him alone. Because he's what spoke everything into existence. Now, so God is separate from creation, but humans are distinct from all other created life that we are made in the image of God. The Bible is clear that God created the animal kingdom, then he created man in his own image. Now what does that mean though? What does it mean that we're made in the image of God? It doesn't mean a physical image, because we know from Scripture what the Bible teaches, that God is spirit. John 4, 24 says, God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and truth. So this part of humanity, this is the part of humanity that sets him apart from all of us earthly creatures. We are made in the image of God in three ways, and this is important. This is important that you, that you understand this. Number one is Intellect. Humankind, humans alone are able uh, to realize that there is a God. And have the intellect to know that there is a God. Horses, cows, animals don't have that intellect. Then we have, he gave us senses. That we have a, humans have a complex of emotions. We can love. We can hate. We can have anger. We can have joy and compassion. He also gave us a will. When God fashioned humans... He didn't create robots. He gave man a will that he could exercise in one of two ways. Be obedient to the will of God or rebel against God. Now here's the problem. Sin, any sin against human life is now a sin against God. So any sin against human life is now a sin against God. If God is the author of human life, he alone has the right to take it or to dictate the terms of, Under which life may be taken. Unlike animal life, which God put under our dominion, human life is subject only to God himself. So any sin against human life is a sin against God himself. It's an assault on his image. So the human race is biblically distinct from the animal world. There's there's individual life born or unborn, young or old, healthy or deceased, we should view it as important, as value, that God has placed value on human life. That that we are a special creation that reflects the very image of God. The first account of life being taken in Scripture was when Cain killed Abel back in Genesis chapter 4, verse 10. And we see what happened, that the Lord said that Abel's blood cried out to God. Whenever a life is taken outside of God's plan, it grieves God. It's not His plan. He doesn't want that. There's grief. So we see that all things are created by God. Life is His handiwork. So because of that, He values all life. So that brings up the question, and this is the number one question that you hear on this issue that you're going to have to answer and have discussions about. Well, when does life start? When does life begin? Well, Scripture very clearly outlines that. That's the second thing. God knows us even before we breathe our very first breath. He knows us. God knows each person intimately before conception. Jeremiah 1.5 says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I I consecrated you. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Now, the Hebrew word here, for the English word, it means formed. It's a particular word that they use when potters are molding and shaping clay into a particular shape. Like they pour it into a mold, and it it means to squeeze it into a, a predetermined shape. That's what the word means, formed. So God's word here in Jeremiah is telling us that God formed us. He shaped us. He brought us into existence. He knew us. That's extremely important when you understand, he tells Jeremiah, that happened in the womb. In Luke chapter 1, verse 41, we see that a a, a baby, a child, is alive inside the womb. When Mary walks into Elizabeth's presence, who's the child in her stomach? John the Baptist. And John the Baptist kicks and he flails in the womb. Right, Read that. It's in Luke 141. We see that there's a life in there. And that's exactly what it's saying. God told the prophet in, in here in Isaiah that he knew him long before he was conceived in his mother's womb. The word, the Hebrew verb there, uh, what it means, it, 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 means to, it goes far more deeper than an intellectual knowledge or awareness. It means a personal commitment or an intimate experience with the person known. It's not just intellectual knowledge. It's a personal connection that he knew you. There's an intimate connection there. The fact that God not only knew Jeremiah, but he knew him and was involved in a personal way with him before he was conceived tells us something today. That should tell you something and how you have this discussion. That means that God knew each one of us sitting here today intimately. He knows you intimately before you were even a twinkle in mom's eye. God knew you. He not only knew us then, he valued us, and he loved us, a a part of his future creation. So the transition here is, but God not only knows us before we are conceived, according to our Bible, he has a vested interest in us being put together. What is that? God knows us and he cares about our life as we are formed in our mother's womb. Psalms 139, verses 13 and 14. It says this, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, my soul knows it very well. God says that each human life is what? Knit together. Knit together. The Hebrew word there literally means to weave, to work. God literally weaves us together In our mother's womb. He values us and fashions us together. That, listen, that's all happening inside the womb. So when you say, well, the Bible, people say, well, the Bible doesn't talk about a a, a baby, you know, it's a clump of cells. Not to God it's not. To a lost and dying world it is, but not to God. If you think this is of little significance to the all- powerful God, he put the process in motion. He had nature. He didn't just say, hands off, nature take its course. Back in that verse, look at 14, verse 14 in Psalm 139, 13 and 14. It says, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That, that What does that mean? It means fearfully means that we're made in an awesome way, too beautiful, too complex, too supernatural to be anything but awesome. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. I remember the first time that I saw our children on an ultrasound. You see little fingers, and it's amazing. And, and the first time you see that, you feel, you, you, for, for you fathers, remember the first time you put your hand on your wife's stomach and you got a kick back, right? You know you know there's life there. We're fe- it's amazing. It's amazing. So God knows us before we're conceived. He's actively involved in forming us. But now what extent does God know us today? Day to day, he knows exactly where we are. Everybody. There's never going to be another you. Even if you have identical twins, their DNA is separate. There's never never going to be Another you. So so why do I go over all that? It may seem redundant because we've talked about that. Because we have to agree with God about human life, not the world. That's the message you have to share. In everything as followers of Christ, we have to have agreement with God. We have to agree with God. What does his word say? I want to take it a step further. It says even more on this subject. Turn to Exodus chapter 21. We're going to get into an argument that you're going to hear about this from the world. Exodus 21, 22 through 25. He's giving them law to live, live by. He's giving the Israelites law to live by. And this is what it says. What is he saying there? He's saying that that child inside the mother is a human. And then if you harm that, you will be punished as you killed or injured a human. He does that's what that's God's opinion. That's the law that God wrote for his people. That is God's opinion. That's not my opinion. So if you harm something inside a, 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 a baby inside a mother, you are, if you kill that, you are charged with what? Murder. You are charged with murder. What was one of God's Ten Commandments? Exodus 20, 13. You shall not murder. Now I know, I know to a lost and dying world that this is way out there, right? Well, it's not way out there to God. It's what His Word says. I understand that a lost and dying world is going to tell you that it's not murder. Or they're going to say, well, I think everybody has a choice. Listen, God's word doesn't say that, Christians. God's word doesn't say that. God's word says it's murder. Now, now listen, I know the arguments. And I want to address the main one. Well, and I've even had Christians this week tell me this argument. And I want to use the term Christian loosely when they use this argument. Well, I think we should just let people make their own personal decisions. I think we should just let people have control and let them choose what they want to do, right? I want to use some logic with you this morning. I want to use the same logic that that says. If I'm driving today outside, I'm driving through a neighborhood, and I see a man out in his front yard beating a woman. That same logic, if I use their logic, would say, Ah, If he wants to beat her, that's his business, that's none of mine. I'm just going to go on about my day. No big deal, right? No. As a Christian, if we're driving by, fellas, and we see a guy outside beating a woman, we are slamming on the brakes, putting it in park, and issuing a beat down right there, right? We're going to do that. We're going to be in all over it, right? Why? Because we know that that is wrong. We know that it's wrong for, for a man to do that to a woman. We can't ignore that. We can't ignore that, nor should we. And if we ignore it and we allow it, we're complacent in it. Okay, let's use that logic back to this. If I believe, if, and I want to use the word really believe, because if I really agree with God that killing a child inside of the mother is murder, then I would have the same expectation in that. And I would want to stop it. I would want to stop that murder. That's what the kind of logic you have to use. Listen, God in His Word doesn't view this issue as my body, my choice. He doesn't. God views this as that child is a person. That is the message that we have to share. Listen, Regardless of the feelings of a lost and dying world. Regardless. Regardless. You will never, listen, you're never, you will not open this book. You will not ever open this book and see Jesus say, well, obey me if you feel like it. Obey me, I mean, follow me and obey me if there's nothing else for you to do or if you agree with it. If you don't really agree with it, it's cool. You can still follow me. That's not what he says. That's not what he says. Jesus says, if you come after me, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Which means you die to whatever opinion you want to hold. You die to whatever opinion the world says you think that you should have. And you live for what God's word says you should do. That's what it means. It means live for Christ. Listen, we have numerous examples of this in scripture. Acts chapter 5, what I preached on last night at Freeway. Peter and John are before the council. And the council says, stop preaching about Jesus. Stop teaching about Jesus. No more Jesus. And what do they say? Peter and the apostles answered him. 529, Acts 529, we must obey God rather than men. That means that I'm sorry if my opinion or God's opinion offends you. It's, it is what it is. Now here's the big problem in this. This is the problem that I think is it's gonna be it's going to be drawn out. And I'm actually thankful for it. I'm thankful for this. Because we have a whole lot of Christians that are more scared of the world and offending the world than they are of offending the God of the universe who created them. They are more scared of getting labeled a radical or whatever people want to call you instead of saying, you know what, I want to follow the God of the universe. And I want to conform my life To him and his word. Proverbs 19.23 says this. The fear of the Lord leads to life. And whoever has it rests satisfied. He will not be visited by harm. Listen church. We should have a reverent fear of the Lord. And honor him by being obedient to his word. We have way too many Christians Way too many preachers that are more worried about offending man and don't even consider at all what God says about the matter. We should be more worried about what God says than somebody out there. Listen, I should be more worried, and our elders should be more worried about what God says than what you think. I'm not here, and and far be it, I, I should... If I ever start worrying about hurting someone's feelings, preaching the truth, I shouldn't preach anymore. I should be more worried about offending the creator, the God of the universe, than a lost and dying world. Now listen, that doesn't mean we have to be brass and we be unloving. It's not unlo- we, we, that's not how we carry ourselves, church. That's not how Jesus carried himself. But he certainly did not ever tell anybody, oh yeah, you're living a sinful lifestyle? Eh, it's cool. You just do whatever you want to do. And then when you feel like being one of my followers, come along. He didn't say that. You know every interaction that Jesus had with the lost and dying world? You know how he finished it? He shared the hope of who he was. He told them who he was. And then you know what he would tell them? Go and sin no more. Now what does that mean? That doesn't mean they're never going to sin. That means you change your mind about your sin and you follow me. You agree with me about sin and you follow me. That's what Jesus said. Stop living in a sinful lifestyle and come and follow me. Does that mean that Peter or any of the apostles never sinned? No. Peter denied Jesus three times. All right. You're going to sin. I'm going to sin. We're not perfect. Please, I appreciate all the compliments you guys think of me. Live with me for a week, and you're going to be like, man, we are thankful for Selena. <laughs> it's the truth, right, honey? Kids, it's the truth, right? Yeah, they're saying, yeah, preach it now, Dad. Preach it, right? <laughs> yeah, It's just the truth, right? Because we're sinners. What it does mean is I'm not going to live in open rebellion against God. Now, here's the last point. Here's the last thing. Where we, where we, we have to stand bold and stand firm and stand for what's right But we have to remember what we are, that we are ambassadors of hope. We're ambassadors of hope on this issue. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. On this whole issue, church, you got the answers. You have the answers. We have the answers. We have the answers to truth and to life. Who is it? Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. You know, the only way for someone to agree with God about abortion and to stand for truth on it is if they become a follower of Christ. Now, listen, that's the answer. Now, I, I, I am all about, I mean, out. Five minutes, you can meet with me for five minutes and know that I want to elect godly Christian officials to serve in public office. Thank you, Gary. I appreciate that. We need to do that, church. But let me say, that's not going to change hearts and minds. Gary Letterman's not going to change hearts and minds. Jesus Christ changes hearts and minds. That's the hope that we have. That's the hope. And the only way that someone is going to have their blinders taken off and then to view life the way that I view life and you view life is to have become a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then you know what they do? They start agreeing with what God's word says. They start their life what? Somebody said, I'm thankful for a changed life. Who was that? Why did their life change? It wasn't because of Pastor Jeff. It was because of Jesus. Right? It's through Christ. It's through Christ. Now, what's our responsibility in this? Well, how are they to believe unless they're sent? Romans 10, 15 says, And how, how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Now, that's not just talking about preachers here. All of you have the gospel that you can share outside of here. You have the message We are called to share the good news. God has commissioned us. Read Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Go therefore into all nations. Write it down and read it later. Make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them all that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always. That's what Jesus said. Go into the world. And here's the last thing on this. We're also ambassadors of forgiveness. Now, the odds are this morning that somebody hearing my voice, either online or in this room, knows somebody who has had an abortion or has had one themselves. I want to make it perfectly clear this morning that God does not grade our sins. James 2.10 says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of it all. So what does God view abortion as murder? He also views hating someone as murder. He also says that if you wish someone were dead, if you hate someone and wish you were dead, then you have murdered them in your heart and you are guilty of murder. Let me say this morning, you have a murderer for a preacher this morning. I'm being honest with you. Now, I would venture to guess that I have a church full of murderers this morning, if we're being honest with ourselves, right? So, am I condemning somebody more than myself who's gotten an abortion? No. Because you know what? I've been forgiven. Thank you, Lord. I've been forgiven. And they can be forgiven the same way. Jesus died on the cross so he can bring forgiveness for our sins. So he can make you new. That is the message of forgiveness. We are ambassadors of that. So someone who's had an abortion for whatever reason you show them love and kindness and mercy you don't call say you're a horrible murderer sinner because you are too you are too right you love them and you share the truth with them and the hope with them that we have in Christ and then you know what happens if God works and the Holy Spirit's working and they're being obedient, they become a follower of the Lord Jesus. And then you know what happens? They agree with you about abortion. And then you know what they do? They become the biggest advocate against abortion that you could ever be. Just like I can be the biggest advocate for Christians, who people who were raised in a Christian home and were lazy with it. Just like some of you guys can be the biggest advocates against drug use. You see, God can use your past issues and your past sins for his glory. When you agree with him on the sin and you profess him as your Lord and Savior. Jesus died on the cross so we can have forgiveness. Listen, God values life. You know what he values more than that? New life in him. A new creation. Jesus went out of the way to seek and save the lost. That's the mission. That's the mission. That is the mission on this whole issue. Listen, you don't compromise truth. You don't say, "Well, I I can't talk about this because it's going to offend the person, and I don't want I want to give them some kind of wishy-washy answer." Jesus didn't do that. He didn't do that. He shared the truth and love. And hey, guess what? Some of them followed him. Some of them turned their back and left and didn't. That's hey, that's not our rat killing. God brings the increase, we're supposed to sow the seeds. But we're always going to stand on the truth. And I'm thankful today, church, that God answered our prayers on this issue. Now, now, because it's all over the news, get busy and having conversations about it. Get busy and having conversations. And, and share the gospel. Share the message of hope. I'm going to ask our worship team to come today. I'm going to ask our worship team to come. I guarantee you, listen, as I close this, there's conversations that you can have this week. There are conversations that are going to be ongoing about this issue. fight's not over. We had a huge victory. The fight, the battle is not over until Jesus comes back. Then we have complete victory. This was a skirmish, a big battle that we won. But it's not over, right? It's not over. I'm asking you to stand this morning. The number one thing I can, I can share with you today is if you don't know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I urge you, I beg you today to profess Jesus as your Lord and Savior and believe on Him. Second thing, brothers and sisters, don't be scared. Don't be bold. We have to we be bold. We have to obey God rather than men. I'm going to pray for you all that you have boldness in standing for the truth. Not worry about offending a lost and dying world. But you're more worried about offending the God of the universe. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, this morning. I thank you. I'm joyfully excited, Lord, for the victory that we had this week. But it's not over. It's not over. Why? It's not over, Lord, because we have lost people all outside these doors that need to hear the message of truth and forgiveness that's only found through you. And, that, and it doesn't matter what they've done in their life, they can be forgiven. They can be forgiven. Lord, let us as a church be bold and stand on truth, not be worried about anything else, not be worried about offending the world or trying to be politically correct, Lord, but being godly, biblically correct and following you and and putting you first in every area of our life, with our families, politically, with our work, socially, every area, Lord, we want you in charge of. That's my prayer this morning. God, I love you and I thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you, ladies. Thank you very much. Okay. Trish, you come on up here first. So Trish uh, is the younger. She wanted to make sure that I told said this younger sister of Barb, and she's come this morning and wanting to join uh, CrossBridge as as a, a servant, as a member of this church. Is there anything you want to say? Okay. All right. Great. I want you to stay right here. Girls, come on up here. This is an awesome, awesome morning. I'm glad um, the the Lord wanted me to uh, change the sermon last night. Um, So you guys know Savannah. We've gotten to know her pretty good over the last several weeks. Uh, She is coming and going to be joining Crossbridge, wants to join our church too. And we'll, that's right. And so she'll be taking the new member class, and I'll be meeting with, uh, with her this week. But uh, it's cousin or friend? Cousin. Cousin. Brittany is, she's visiting from Kansas City this morning. Uh, and, and I've had a chance to talk to Brittany, and uh, she, she has confessed Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior this morning. So what we're going to do, she lives in uh, Kansas City. So what is the responsibility of the church? We need to make sure she has a Bible-believing church that will disciple her in Kansas City. And so we're going to make sure of that uh, and baptize her. But what I want you to do, a public profession of faith is important. So you ladies want to say anything at all? Amen. You got anything you want to say? Okay, that's okay. You know, I love when people come and profess Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and there's tears because they know that they violated a holy God, and they're broken because of their sin, and that's amazing. I love that. So what I want you ladies to do, if you would, stay right here. Church, what I want you to do, uh, c- come, come around uh, when we close here and congratulate them, welcome them into membership, and welcome her as a new sister in Christ, okay, here's the benediction today as we close, it says it's Colossians three seventeen. it says and whatever you do, in word or deed do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him today is a day to be joyous a whole lot of joy uh, has to happen today, right Danny would you close us in prayer this morning